Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. And men, as always, I like to start by thanking you for listening to today's Out in the Garage podcast episode. Now, because it is an Out in the Garage podcast episode, that means it is sponsored by Dark Water Woodwork, darkwaterkc.com. If you look in the show notes, you're going to see a lot of links. The Dark Water link is in there. You click on that, and it will take you to Dark Water's website. If you put in the code NUMBERS13, NUMBERS13, all capital letters with 13 at the end, and you choose the Out in the Garage Beard Bundle, you will save 15% off of that order. I'm telling you, it is high caliber beard oil. It is, well, beard balm too, but I've let you guys know. I'm a beard oil guy, but the beard balm is good. He puts some coffee beans in there. Uh, great stuff. Everything Dark Water makes is high quality. But for this podcast, that's kind of the, the focus we try to promote. Uh, just to get a gauge on how many guys are listening to this and how many guys are following that that virtual paper trail over to Dark Water to uh, save 15%. Get yourself some good beard products. A couple things I want to get to before we get into numbers 13. One is we're, goodness, I don't know, 23 days, I don't know, 20 some days away from the registration closing for our fall men's retreat. I got to tell you, man, I can't wait for registration to close. Not that I don't want more guys coming. I do. It's just a little tiring to have a registration open and continue to tell guys and tell guys and tell guys because registration closes on September 10th. On September 11th, somebody's going to email me and say, oh, my bad, bro. I thought I had more time. And I mean, I might have a slew of guys that do that. It happens in Tribe all the time, too. No, I'm not promoting that. And uh, so I try to make sure we are without excuse. But also, I know there are guys who are working on other guys. You're trying to come, or maybe you've registered your spot, and you're trying to get another guy. I try to let you know this is an accurate gauge of where we're at. We're looking at uh, about 30 spots left. Exactly, exactly 30 spots right now left uh, before we're full. We can take 200. And so we're at 170 right now. If, if you know, hey, we got you know 30 spots on September 10th, all right. If we got... Uh, you know, zero, it is what it is. So get that get that secure. Last thing is this. <clears throat> Forgive me. I mentioned this, I think, on the last podcast. Uh, about a week or so ago, uh, we have a closed Facebook group, a Pursuit of Manliness closed Facebook group, and Pursuit of Manliness group, Pursuit of Manliness page, Pursuit of Manliness Instagram. I mean, I should have picked a longer name, right? Well, I made it even longer because uh, last week I changed the name to A Quiet Life Community. Quiet Life Community, First Thessalonians 4, 11, and 12. I wanted something a little bit different than just Pursuit of Mailing is Pursuit of Mailing is. So, changes to that. Some guys got their feathers ruffled. They said, I'm out. We said, God bless you. Um, and, then, and then a whole bunch of guys decided to join. And so, I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a closed group, get involved, get invested, start conversations, engage in conversations. Hey, man, look in those show notes. We got a group for you. We're in numbers 13. We're looking at spies to the land. We're going out to go spy the land. Now, this thing about being a Christian, we don't think that we're supposed to be, I don't know, devious is the word I want to use, but we don't go on any reconnaissance missions, do we? Like, we're going to go check something out. We're going to be strategic. I, I just don't think that's like, that's not the, 
like it's a Chris, if Christianity had a marketing firm, I don't think that's what we'd lead with. I don't think that's you know our brand, if you will. But it is, it is. You do see this in the Bible, um, you know, a handful of times. People go and check things out. Jonathan and his armor bearer did it. You got uh, you know Rahab when the spies come to her house, and you got some guys here. You got twelve of them going to check out the land. We're going to go to the promised land, reconnaissance mission. Now, I, I gotta be honest. When I say that word, I, I don't know if y'all ever saw this show. It was called. I don't think it's on no more. I hope it's not. It was called Whale Wars. I think it was on Animal Planet. And these guys were always on a reconnaissance mission, and they were trying to stop the people that were hunting whales. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong to hunt whales. All right? I'm not getting into that. But they were the biggest group of slappies you've ever seen. And then they had this captain, and uh, he had like a first mate first deckhand i don't know what he is he was an assistant and he was always looking for permission to do something and it was always like illegal what he was doing it's it's a real show okay i think it really happened and the first mates uh he had about eight hairs on his face that were trying to gather together to make a beard and it was just man i had a buddy of mine we used to get together like every friday night or i think it was friday or saturday and watch that show it was like what a trainer it wasn't even a train wreck they're on boats anyhow we got some guys going to go out, and they're going to examine the land of Canaan, and they're going to bring a report back. They were going to investigate the path, the journey to Canaan to see if the land was good to live in, learn some military strengths about the Canaanites and such. And so Lord speaks to Moses. Moses speaks to the people, right? This is, this is pretty typical. Now, I want to share this with you because I'm going to be honest. Until today... I had never considered what I'm about to share the, the way that I am uh, about to share it. I read it actually in a commentary, and I thought, I never considered it that way. So verse 11, when Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, go up there into the Negev, then go into the hill country, see what the land is like, and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. How is the land which they live is it good or bad how are the cities in which they live are they like open camps or with fortification how is the land is it fat or lean are there trees in it or not make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land i like that bring something back the fruit of the land now the now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes now let's just pause there uh, moses is going to give a little more instruction here and they're going to go up and they're going to do this for uh, 40 days now, what I didn't grab until today, and I want you to consider this, is Moses could say, <clears throat> I want you to go into that land, and I want you to see where we are going to attack them, or I want you to see where we're going to set up our encampment. I want you to get a plan of how we are going to um, begin to build our cities. I want you to check out what the food situation is like so we know what we're going to benefit from. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, I want you to go out and I want you to spy on it. See if the people that live in there are strong or weak. So you're telling me they could be strong people in there? Now, if he told the guys, listen, they're a bunch of weaklings. I have already know this. God told me about this. He said, they're nothing. They're going to run as soon as they see you. He would have said that, now didn't he? I want to know if they're strong or whether they're weak, whether they are few or many. Well, obviously, if you're a spy, you'd like to come back and say, there isn't that many of them. I got to be honest, we outnumber them like five to one. He said, no, there might be a lot of them. So you might want to check that out. What's the land like? Is it good or bad? The cities, are they open camps or are they fortified? 
can we go in and can we just pillage or are we going to have to do some work before we go you see what he's doing here is essentially he's testing their faith by what he says you see he's put something in their mind to say it may not be what you think it is it might be a, a real challenge or you know what it may not be that grave an obstacle now, we were told time and time and time again in Scripture, the Lord goes before you, right? You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. The, you know, God had told Moses, actually told Abraham, and he had told Moses, he had told, he told I got a land before you. You're, you're going to have it all. It's going to be all your land, right? And yet, in this instance, he's telling these guys, go check it out and see what kind of obstacles might be coming our way. Now, I don't know if it's that intentional on Moses' part or not, but you know as well as I do if someone tells you that. You know, your boss says, hey, I got a new project for you. I want you to work on this project. and um, But before you do, I want you to do some research. I want you to know, I want you to learn, is this project going to take just a little bit of time or is it going to take all your time? Suddenly, your attitude is going to change, right? Are you going to need... A lot of resources, or will you just need you know a couple post-it notes? You're gonna need a big team, or you just need like a right-hand person that's gonna work with you and you know check in once in a while. I mean, are you gonna need? Like, you see what I'm saying? When he when you start to paint that picture, the pendulum is swinging different ways, and when the pendulum begins to swing externally, it starts to swing internally. So I would imagine that I don't know a number of these spies when they walk out going. Oh, man, I, I hope there isn't a whole bunch of people there. I hope they aren't fortified cities. I hope when we get there that the land is good, but it, it, it won't be that much work. I hope it is, you know, best case scenario. Well, verse 25, when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they had a little, had a little man camp there, right? A little hike, a little retreat. Not so much. They proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregation, the sons of Israel in the wilderness. They begin to bring back, hey, hey, let's gather around. I got, I got a word for you. I got something to tell you. I said, we went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. High fives all around. It's got fruit too, right? Chest bumps. That's what I'm talking about. Nevertheless, all oh, that word, nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. It's very large. Moreover, I don't think we use that phrase enough. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites are living in the country of the Canaanites and living in this, living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. We've got a problem here. Old Caleb, we don't hear enough from Caleb. We're going to hear a lot from Joshua coming up. But old Caleb says, quieted the people before Moses said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Thank goodness for Caleb. Somebody's got to step up and say something. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out, they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report in the land which they had spied out, saying the land, though we have gone in spying, spying it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great size. And so what it goes on to say is, listen, we saw it with our own eyes, and we know what we look like in their eyes. Here's what they're missing. 
What's the view from God's eyes? Yeah, you see, when you and I have a problem set before us, we are under the false assumption many times what we see is what is reality. Perception is reality for us, right? And so that's the same way here. They say, when we look, this looks really bad. When they look at us, we're not much of a threat at all. The mission of the spies essentially brings a bad result. They come back. They start to give a bad word. They say, listen, even though we brought back this giant cluster of grapes and maybe everyone's chawing on in it, whatever, uh, you know what, um, this isn't good. You see, they started to think they were on a mission for Israel rather than a mission from God. God said, no, you don't understand. I'm already giving you that. All I wanted you to see is what it, what it is, what, what, what is already there. You didn't work for this. You didn't labor for this. And so when they use the phrase, nevertheless, they've been planting this, oh, here's the good, but don't, don't, don't miss this. It's not good. This is good. That's not good. Despite how faithful God's been to us, the people in that land, man, they are strong. The cities are fortified. They're big. The descendants of Anak are there. Like this, this is bad, right? The, 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 the fortification says, man, we don't, we don't have a chance against these guys. And all of a sudden, they begin to lose all the confidence. People had come back and said they're here. 40 days they've been gone. They have finally returned. I can't wait to hear what, what you have to say. And then Caleb speaks up. I got to be honest, man. Caleb, what a man. What a man. And you you continue on through uh, throughout the Old Testament just a little bit. You're going to find out, Caleb, uh, this is a man of vigor. This is a man of grit. And I think it took courage to stand up there in the midst of this because you know you got 12 guys kind of bringing this report back and all the all the tribes and everyone's coming out. And the more... Uh, the more that they uh, share the bad news, the more the crowd stirs. And Caleb says, now hold on, hold on, hold on. Now listen here real quick. And he tries to quiet him down. And he says, we need to do this. We need to go up at once. He said, let's trust God and let's take the land immediately. We are able to overcome this. We'll take possession of that. Now that takes great courage. That takes courage. Now, Caleb doesn't know he's being written into the story here. Now, if he knows he's being written into the story, of course he'd speak up. You and I would speak up too, right? Like, make sure you put my name down because I'm fixing on saying something here. He doesn't know he's written into the story. This is Caleb living in real space and time saying, you can't be serious. We're, go we're going up there. We're, we're going to go take this. I'm sure as they journeyed back from spying out the land, this was a constant dialogue, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe the guys who said, I'm voting no, maybe they didn't talk to Caleb on the way back. Or maybe they gave him some smoke and mirrors so he was caught off guard and had no idea until they opened their mouth what they were going to say. I don't know. The problem is, for most of these spies, they're looking at it from a human perspective. They're stronger than we are. We can't go against them. We can't go up against those inhabitants. You see these people of great stature, and compared to them, we're like grasshoppers. I've said this before. When people get irrational, when emotions take over, they'll say some really strange things. 
they'll begin to make these sweeping statements, right? Which essentially are another way of lying. Have you met people like that? I've met people like that that I want to ask them someday. Are you capable of telling the truth? Because when you get emotional, when you get like a feeling, everything becomes bigger. Everything becomes like over the top, right? It's almost like a performance. And here they come back and say, no, we can't do it. Now, who spoke up? Caleb spoke up. It'd be nice if Caleb was able to cast the votes and uh, say, you know what? We're going in. Let's go. This is what we're doing. But that wasn't the case. And I'd like to have some good news at the end of chapter 13, but uh, there isn't good news and there isn't great news in 14 either because the people, they ain't having it. Again, irrational people do irrational things. And you can't talk them out of it. You can't talk them out of it. You can try to use reason. You could try to use logic. You could try to use whatever. Once they're irrational, they're irrational. And you can't do anything about it. But I got to believe this. I got to believe at the end of the day, and this is where we have to land. At the end of the day, Caleb did what was right in God's eyes. We, we know that he did. I'm not saying he was infallible. Caleb did what was right in God's eyes, regardless of the fact that the rest of the guys with him, not Joshua, but the rest of the guys with the other 10, were like, we're out, we're not doing this, to the point that they stirred essentially the whole congregation. And there was, we're gonna, for, this, for this sake, basically one guy. There was a Caleb. That was it. I'm sure Moses was with him and Joshua was with him. But in this instance, he's the only one that's written down, that spoke up, that said something that said, we should go right now and go do this and take this. And people, I bet they called him all kinds of names. I bet they mocked him. I bet they laughed at him. And I bet the other 10 spies did as well. But don't forget, they did it out of fear. They didn't do it out of logic. They didn't do it out of you know reasoning. They certainly didn't do it out of faith. They did it out of fear. And people become irrational, it's because they're fearful. We live in a world with a lot of irrational people. We live in a world with a lot of fearful people. They are afraid of their own shadow. They're afraid that something's going to happen to them, or this is, you know, and they have all these, again, all these sweeping statements. And it's not up to you and I to stand on the corner and argue with every one of them. We can't do that. And we might be able to discuss one at a time, potentially, but you can waste a lot of energy trying to make irrational people rational. Caleb didn't. Caleb didn't. And this right here, and we're looking at just 13 right now. He spoke up. He spoke up and he pointed back to God and said, listen, we, we should do this because the Lord has already given us this land. The rest of them said, no, we're not going to have it. You might be the only guy that speaks up, but that doesn't change the fact that you should speak up. You might be the only guy that does what is right. You might be the only guy that shows up to the men's breakfast. You might be the only guy that shows up to Bible study. You might be the only one that shows up to the work day or whatever. It's still right to do those things. It's still good uh, to lead by example. So what happens here, unfortunately, is the evil report prevails. People listen. They folded. We'll, 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 uh, We'll get into more of that later. Maybe a lot of you guys know that as once, but uh, basically that group of people out scared, out afraid, the two guys who had some courage. 
10 guys who were afraid got the rest of the people afraid. There were two men with courage that said, no, come on. Caleb speaks up and says, we should go right now. And they don't. There might be a time where you're that guy. There might be a time when you're that guy. And I'll, I'll end with this. Because this, this whole Christian life, man, it, 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 can be, uh, it can be lonely. And it can be tiring. And especially when you're surrounded by people who are, like the 10 spies, irrational or fearful or make vast sweeping statements. That is mentally, spiritually, relationally exhausting. And it hit me today, and I shared it on a post, and if you guys are in the, the closed group, you saw it, or on Instagram, whatever, that when I looked at John 1, and I, ta- I, th- I considered that the disciples sat with Jesus, the ones that left John, and then they sit with Jesus in John 1 that night, and, and I thought, man, could you imagine what that'd be like? You just met this guy, and you're sitting with, you know there's like this burning presence about him, and, and you're like, man, I got to sit with Jesus, and you listen to him talk and teach. Like, that's incredible. And as if the Holy Spirit said, you have the same thing available to you. It's just you use your time differently. It's just you don't stay long enough to hear what he has to say. I want to encourage you with that. There are times you're going to feel like a Caleb. There's times you're going to feel like you're trying to be the rational voice in the midst of the irrational. There's times you're going to feel like John the Baptist, that you're the one crying out, hey, man, we need to repent. We need to turn from our wicked ways. People are going to mock you. You can read the prophets, man. They, they, they did it, and people said, nope, don't want to hear that. Let's get rid of whatever he has to say. You get to sit with Jesus. Find time today, find time this evening, find time this weekend, whatever it is, to just sit with Jesus. Visually see it in your mind. I get the opportunity for right now to quiet my mind, quiet my world, quiet my life, and just sit with Jesus. Because if you're going to be a Caleb, if you're going to stand up for what you believe in, if you're going to speak up, even in the midst of all the fear mongers, it's going to be tiring. And what you want to be is a Caleb who gets the end of his life, as we're going to see later on, full of vigor. Amen. So, men, I appreciate y'all listening. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.